Hello, everybody. Welcome to possibly the loosest extension of Donnie Ray's No Fucking Filter. This is Chris Stetzel's In Conversation with Myself as I knock shit over in my studio slash closet. Um, I haven't quite figured out my audio with my mic. I think I sound fucking awful, so I apologize in advance. I might have to uh, ask the boy Donnie Ray for a little bit of assistance with that. But this is, I'm hoping, what is going to be my first full-length episode of In Conversation with myself. Uh, I did a teaser forever ago. Nobody remembers it. That's okay. Um, But here we are, you know. I uh, took a nap through what was supposed to be a no-filter recording night. Me and Don have uh, scheduled, uh, failed to get in sync with each other's schedule the last, like, four fucking days unfortunately um so we'll be getting back to you but i woke up from my slumber and felt the urge to still get on the microphone so here we are putting in that work i like to say putting in that work rather than putting out content you know because what we make is not content don we make art my brother (laughs) pretentious statement of the day brought to you by Chris fucking Stetzel in the first 90 seconds of the episode. Um, so yeah, I honestly have no idea what I'm going to talk about going into this, to be honest. Um, like I said, I just woke up. Um, I I guess I'll touch on the all-star game. I'm sure this is going to be in the no filter, so I'll keep it kind of brief. Um, I didn't watch the all-star game. I'm generally not a fan. From what I heard, it was a good all-star game. It was real close towards the end. High scoring as always. I think I saw like almost like 160 or something. I could be tripping, but that shit's insane. Play some goddamn defense. I even heard somebody, uh, I heard uh, Giannis say that he said we were just trying to attack at the end of the game. Whoever Harden was guarding was trying, who, who we were trying to get the ball to. And I just love that. That's just so funny to me because Harden doesn't play defense during regular season basketball postseason basketball he's certainly not going to play defense at the all-star game and uh shout out to Giannis for calling him that um um, other than that I mean I saw some cool dunks the dunk contest has forever gotten diluted like I just feel like we've reached kind of I mean they'll still come up with some sort of new creative dunk every year but then all that all that prop shit is so dead to me. Um, you know, all that nonsense. It's just like we've definitely reached a peak athleticism as far as what we're going to achieve within a dunk. Um, it's just not going to get much bigger than it already has. Yeah, so I mean, I just I really just don't see where else it can go. I and the thing is, I don't even know why I brought this up cuz I don't know who won anything. I don't know who won the All-Star game. I don't know who won the Rising Stars challenge or whatever the fuck it's called. And I don't know who won the dunk contest. I don't know who won the three-point contest. I know nothing. So, it really doesn't fucking matter. Um one thing I did want to touch on um was Jake Paul I guess he tweeted some stupid shit today, like, about how, um, 
think he said anxiety is all created by you, which, like, that's nonsense. Like, I actually do have anxiety. Like, I don't talk about it a lot, but, like, I do have a lot of, like, social anxieties, and I'm just weird around people sometimes. Like, it is what it is. People deal with it, but, like, that's not even what I want to talk about. What I wanted to talk about is that, like, Jake Paul, this fucking douchebag YouTube star, he's talking about, like, he boxed uh bts or whatever that fucking k-pop whatever dude's name is and like whatever uh but like he wants to box antonio brown and like not only is antonio brown like a, a freak athlete but he's also mentally unstable like that's not somebody you want to engage willingly in a physical altercation with you know it's like <clears throat> like if i have to I'll beat the shit out of a homeless guy, you know? But I'm not gonna go out of my way to get in any kind of fight with the dude who's talking to the wall uh, downtown, you know, with no worry in the world, just talking to a wall, bro. That's not the guy I'm gonna talk to, just just in case, because, like, that guy, that guy's got something going on inside of him that I can't quite understand, you know, so... To put myself in that situation is just not something that I'm I'm here for because somebody who's not right in the mind is not gonna know when is enough. They're gonna they're gonna put you out, bruh. Like it's gonna be a problem for you for for a while. Um so I just I think it would be funny if Jake Paul and Antonio Brown fought. Because I I do think, regardless of whatever training, whatever, I think Antonio Brown will fuck him up. Like, I just think Antonio Brown has a lot more strength than Logan Paul. Like, I don't even think that that's a, a relatable fight. Like, I just don't get it. I think it really wouldn't even be a fair fight. I think Antonio Brown would toss him around. Um, but then also, like, Jake Paul or Logan Paul is it Jake or Logan I don't even fucking know I guess it was Jake now that I just re-looked at my Twitter so it's Jake it's not Logan it's not the one who fought BTS it is what it is they're brothers they're douchebags it is what it is both of them can get beat the fuck up by Antonio Brown for all I care I don't give a fuck I don't give a fuck uh so also something that broke broke news today um the Boy Scouts filed bankruptcy due to sex abuse lawsuits. Who could have possibly seen this company coming, you know? Grown men taking boys to the woods on private adventures um, with no other supervision. Uh, who would have thought that that ended up with hundreds of uh, sex abuse lawsuits coming forward? And then that ultimately meaning, oh, we got to file bankruptcy because we can't afford lawyers for this. And or, uh, we just did it all. So we need to fucking settle out with everybody. So we need enough money. Um, it's fucked up. It's unfortunate. Um, it's good that this happened, you know, before the, the females got too deep into the Boy Scouts. Because as you remember, we talked about on Donnie Ray's no fucking filter that, uh, Girls wanted to know we're now going to be allowed in the scouts. I can't believe they said the Boy Scouts filed bankruptcy. The scouts, guys. It's 2020 and we're still saying Boy Scouts? Boy Scouts. You're labeling my gender right now? You labeling my gender right now? How dare you label my gender as a boy? If I'm a girl, I want to be in the Boy Scouts. So what? That shit all goofy, bruh. 
It's all goofy, but now they're bankrupt. So what, no more Boy Scouts? No more shitty popcorn for them to sell? Yo, so help me God, I know the Girl Scouts will never go under. They got the fucking cookies, bruh. Those bitches recession-proof. It doesn't matter how poor people are. They buy Girl Scout cookies because they're good. The Boy Scout popcorn? Fuck them. Fuck them, you know? The Girl Scout cookies fly off the shelves. Fly off. The popcorn... They've had the same shit in stock since 2012, bruh. We're talking eight years before they sell out. That's, it's not even because of the sex abuse lawsuits, you know? It's because of the fact that they didn't pick a better item to sell. Like, for whatever reason, these clubs, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, they only have one item that they're going to sell. Girl Scouts, honestly, they're smart. They're calculated. They said, let's sell fucking cookies, bro. These Boy Scoutsy man. Don't get it twisted either. I love popcorn. I fucking love it. Your popcorn's not special, bro. Bro Scouts. No Scouts because y'all bankrupt. Your popcorn's not special. Those cookies are different. They're special. They're, they're something that you can't even get in the stores. Your popcorn, bruh. The caramel corn. The cheddar corn. I'll buy a fucking tub of it at Christmas. They'll put three flavors in it and separate it with cardboard. What are you doing selling me taxed popcorn, bro? Bro scouts. No scouts. No more scouts. Y'all gone. Because you made a bad business decision. And at this point, it's unrecoverable. Bankruptcy, bro. Bankruptcy, bro. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So bankrupt. No more scouts. Um, so I've been binging the fuck out of this show. It'd probably be my, my recommendation, but... Who knows? I'll probably come up with something better because this is like a guilty pleasure or something. I don't know what this is. Don would probably like it since he's kind of got some insight on it too. But there's this show on A&E slash on Hulu uh, called 60 Days In. And the concept of it is they send, I think, like six to eight inmates. Well, they're not inmates. They send six to eight people, civilians, who have not committed any crimes. They're not guilty of any crimes. Some of them are even police officers, um, correctional officers, um, former Marines. One was just a stay-at-home mom. Some are family of incarcerated people just trying to get an insight. Um, and they send them into jails for 60 days. Um, the first two seasons are in Clark County, Jeffersonville, Indiana. And then I just started the third season, which is uh, Fulton County, Georgia in Atlanta, and I literally haven't got through enough of it, but I am sure Atlanta's going to be ratchet. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's some shit in the first two seasons, though. You see some fights for sure. Um, you don't necessarily see all the fights because they're smart and they go behind the curtains in the bathroom of the cells. Um, but you can hear fucking physical contact for sure. You can hear those fists on faces and shit. It is it's quite a sound. It's a pretty indistinguishable sound, honestly, the sound of a fist hitting a face um a bare fist you know um 
but that show is crazy addictive just in the sense of watching people who have never really um, encountered or like engaged in criminal activity like that um, trying to navigate their way through the um, excuse me the like the the social ladder of jail you know because jail and prison clearly have a very distinct hierarchy um, that I feel like we all especially as guys I feel like more than anything have often wondered like how we would fare in and it's interesting to see like really the the, the way you gotta move and you gotta you gotta move really smart um, be conservative be quiet don't be over the top um, but especially for these people it's tough because you are undercover you're a sting you're technically like their goal is to find things wrong with the operational aspects of the prison whether it's the COs the whatever uh, things that are wrong with the, the jail um, and then find out where contraband is coming from weapons drugs um, so I mean you are technically working for for the sheriff like you are an inside person but like you're not only looking for inmates causing trouble you're also looking for COs that are a problem which I feel like we really know in our criminal justice system is a problem as far as the people who are, attend or are, are in charge of the jails and prisons I don't think always do all they can to take good care of the, the people inside and it's also tough because there's so many people inside of our jails I think that are um, not needing to be in jail they're needing to be institutionalized as far as getting mental health so our jails aren't always equipped to handle that in my opinion because it's hard to tell the difference between somebody genuinely needing help or assistance and somebody who's mentally ill who's just trying who's not even control of their actions or somebody who's just trying to play the system so that's what the CEOs are having to deal with is these three different facets of people who somebody who could generally genuinely needs them one somebody who's trying to play them or two somebody who's not even fully aware of like what's going on because they need psychiatric attention and they need to be um, hospitalized and 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 treated um so it's just a really tough time but it's a really interesting program that they do and it's it's just really interesting to see how the inner workings of jail go down and um, to, to take in the situations that these people have to go into is really intense and um, to just have to play it cool and just make yourself I think I honestly would do well because I'm a pretty quiet guy I'm not going to go in and try to um, be super fucking hard obviously like you've guys seen how I'm built I'm not built to just go beat the fuck out of people in a jail um, but you know I would I would play my cards close to my vest but I don't know it's always just so interesting I think about the hardest thing for me in jail honestly would be eating I'm really picky and to get that horse shit food and just get what you get you know um, other than the commissary it's it would be tough um, I think that would be one of the tougher aspects to me um, aside from you know the the risk of of physical of physical harm you know because there is that risk like no matter what like I, there's mentally unhealthy people in there that are not afraid to randomly swing on somebody um like there was a dude who just like punched one of the participants in the face um because he said the tv told him he was a child molester like bruh 
That's crazy. If somebody starts saying the TV is telling them anything, bruh, I'm out that program. I'm swinging, bruh, because you are not functioning at 100%, my brother. You need to go see the the counselors or something, bruh. You need to go to the office. Take five. I don't know. You hear that? You know I got my signature margaritas on hand. All right? You already know what it is. Donnie Ray's no fucking filter. Conversation in conversation with myself with Chris Stetson. We stay busy. We stay trying to give you something interesting to listen to. I hope that somebody's listening to this right now and is like, hey, the fuck is this dude talking about? Because now he went from talking about 60 days in to ultimately talking about nothing. And all of that is probably ending up, it's going to transition to something else. I'm just not 100% sure what yet. You know, like I said, this is my first time recording in my studio, whatever, by myself. It's my closet. It's not a studio. It's just my computer that I got from my aunt when she passed away. RIP to my aunt Sharon. She's a fucking legend. Fucking legend. Um, And it's only the second thing that's ever been recorded while using my mic that I got for Christmas. And like I said, I haven't fully figured it all out yet because I think my audio is going to sound weird on this. I always hate hearing my audio back, but I know when Don posts this that it's going to be especially tough for me to listen to. I just know it. I'm going to have to have him either come over or get on the phone and talk to me about why I sound the way I sound. And is what's going to be funny to me is if it sounds semi-normal or normal-ish or normal, I guess. And you guys are just like, this guy has wasted, I don't know, three to four minutes that I'll never get back talking about this dumbass audio. Um, and, and what I would say to that is I am sorry, I am, but at the same time, I'm not. Um, this is no filter, so I don't filter myself. This is a conversation with myself. It's literally the title of this so I'm just going to keep bouncing ideas off myself until something good sticks. Till something good sticks. Hold on, I'm sending this Snapchat. Alright. So, one other thing I definitely wanted to talk about was just this, this Astros, the Astros nonsense, in my opinion, is what I would call it. Um, I haven't followed it that close, and to me, it seems it seems like there really might might be um, it might be true. It really might be. There might have been cheating, but like, like I think we talked about briefly, is I'm I'm cool with cheating as long as there's no electronics involved. Like I'm cool with stealing signs if you steal it from your first or third base coach somehow, or a runner on second. But if you got a camera in center field, you got a buzzer, I don't fuck with that, man. And, like, at the same time, I, it's just, it's all blown so far out of proportion. I just don't give a fuck. I just want to get back to baseball season, man. I'm ready for the Cubs to come back reorganized. They're making some moves in this offseason. Hopefully getting a couple new pitchers. Hopefully just coming back more focused because they were sloppy last year, bro. Sloppy. I'm wearing my Rizzo shirt right fucking now. Right fucking now. I'm ready for baseball season. We're we're coming up on spring. We're half we're over halfway through February. Well over. We're a few days past halfway through February. You know? Um 
and I'm ready for it. I'm ready to get back to that warm weather. I'm ready to get into April, my 25th birthday in April. Shout out Aries babies, you know, if you want to send me something for my birthday, April 13th, hit up my Twitter at Topher Stetzel. Let me know, you know, if you just want to hang out for my birthday, that's cool, bro. Let's do it. All right, what else we got? Now I'm just kind of scrolling through. What is this? Brock Holt. Oh, that's nothing. Um, There was definitely at least one other thing I wanted to talk about. Oh, oh, that's right. All right, so Mike Tomlin, coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, defended... um, he defended defends Mason Rudolph after Miles Garrett says Rudolph used a racial slur on the field. So, as you all very much remember, there was a game with the Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers that went very ugly. You know, went very ugly towards the end of the game. Um, the Steelers were winning with Mason Rudolph playing quarterback. Big Ben was hurt, um, and Miles Garrett and the Browns sacked him, uh, sacked Rudolph, and and then there was a little bit of uh, a skirmish after the play. The game was very much over. The Browns were not coming back in this game, and Miles Garrett ends up ripping Mason Rudolph's helmet off his head and att- attempts slightly connects, not a full connection for sure, but connected with Mason Rudolph's head with a helmet, um, which is definitely not cool like I understand football is a violent game and like Don has defended like uh Vontae uh, uh Burf said how do you say that cunt's name Don defended that hit and like some of that I can see you know it is football it's a hit it is helmet to helmet it is what it is but like taking another man's helmet off and hitting with it that's assault with a deadly weapon like there's no other way to flip it um uh, and then you try to he's trying to say that Mason Rudolph um, used a racial slur on the field. Now, I am very much not a supporter of someone using racial slurs. If Mason Rudolph used a la- racial slur, let's somehow take it up with the league. I don't, I don't know, bro. But like, the problem is, is like at some point, no matter if it's hate speech, there is freedom of speech, and you are welcome to react to that speech however you wish. But but if you break the law or do something ludicrous in the process, such as hit somebody with a fucking helmet, take a blunt object and hit somebody in the head with it, you can't come make excuses months later. You know, I, I, I would hate if Mason Rudolph used a racial slur and Miles Garrett would have every right to be upset and react however he would want. But he also has to take the repercussions for his actions. You are a grown man. And you can't let words affect you in that way, even if it is one of the most raw and and ruthless words in the English language. If it's one of the most unnecessary words to use towards somebody in the English language, that is okay. Or that's not okay. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. That is not okay. I'm sorry for my uh, misspeak there, but it is not okay. But like that also does not give you the right to essentially attempt to really hurt somebody, to really try to maim somebody potentially, um, especially in in the the world of CTE and whatnot, 
that's a bare head, and... And Mason Rudolph also seems like a little bit too much of a pussy, in my opinion, to be dropping the N-word to a dude the size of Miles Garrett or anybody. Um, he just seems too soft for that, you know? It takes balls to, to, to do that, uh, because you know there's something coming afterwards. You know there's something coming afterwards. There would be no other expectation if you're going to use that word other than to to take a hit. So he doesn't seem like the one. Um, just the way his um, his bitch ass threw his hands up right after. Oh, my God. He hit me with the helmet. Like, bruh. Yes, he did. The ref saw it. You need to calm down. So, yeah, that's my... That's what I got on that. I really don't know what else to say. We talked about it when it originally happened, so check out that episode. God only fucking knows what it is. I would say go back, go on Donnie Ray's No Filter, and go five episodes back. Four, maybe. Four or five episodes back. You'll see us talk about it. Or, actually, you know what? Better yet, go to the beginning, listen to every episode of every platform we got we got cooking up with donnie ray's one episode we got the after show we got donnie ray's no fucking filter we got the pacers premium podcast and now we got in conversation with myself with chris stetzel and i am working on wrapping this up i'll probably keep these around 30 minutes or so i don't want to drag on too long talking to y'all um but one thing i did see that was interesting that was trending tonight um actually just really right now um is which four rappers would you want to see on hip-hop's mount rushmore and this is always a tough one and i'm i'm off the top here so i'm just gonna once again converse with myself and see what i see what comes out um As far as people who are on my, as far as people who are on my hip hop, Mount Rushmore, it just depends, you know, because there is the all times where you talk about the Eminems or the Biggies, um, a Tupac just because of his his the way he resonated with society and the way that his legacy has lived on. Even though I think bar for bar, I think like a Biggie or like an Eminem, obviously. Like, I think they shit on him. But the impact that he had is something that you can't deny. Um, So it's tough. But then, like, the thing with music is, like, everybody's Mount Rushmore is going to be subjective. So, like, if I go, if I go all times, I go Biggie, I go Jay-Z, I go Eminem. And mm, fourth is tough. Um, fourth is tough. Biggie, Eminem. Fuck, I don't even. Biggie, Eminem, Jay Z. Fourth, I p- maybe go Tupac, but like personally for me, Tupac doesn't do it. Um, so I probably go somebody like Andre 3K or, um, man, even like, a like a Lupe, 
Lupe might not have the discography to prove it, but like Lupe is one of the most intricate writers. Um, but then if I go like my personal Mount Rushmore, my personal Mount Rushmore would have to be Kendrick, J. Cole, and a bunch of people maybe would shit on this, but I'll make an argument in a second to back it up, but that's Mac Miller, um, Kendrick, J. Cole, Mac Miller, and then I go Kanye. I go Kanye for my fourth Mount, for my Mount Rushmore. Before you come at me, it's my Mount Rushmore. Um, and like I really do know that that Mac Miller being on there is is one that people people would question. Um, because I I don't think Mac Miller ever got the mainstream um, attention that he really deserved, honestly. Um, and you can you can agree or not agree these are just my opinions Mac Miller evolved through his music in a way that I've really never seen another artist um, even Jay-Z's later albums like a 444 and whatnot he's still just rapping in the same pocket for the most part it, it's different subject matter and it's grown as fuck but like Mac Miller went from from backpack rap to fucking music bro he went from backpack rap to full-on instrumentations full orchestras we're talking strings we're talking brass we're talking piano pieces guitar pieces he's arranging these things on swimming for sure circles it's hard to tell what was his and what was not what was John Bryant's it's hard to tell but the thing is the evolution was incredible and the way that even on the early mixtapes no matter what he was always able to give you a piece of him and where he was at those early ones he was just hungry and happy and having fun to make whatever music suited him in the middle there was he was he was getting money he was partying but he wasn't happy there was a lot of internal struggle and it was all there in the music then came Ariana and I'm in love then came the heartbreak and then came swimming which was an album about the post-traumatic part of heartbreak and dealing with that and getting along and just doing what it takes to get by and then came circles which was accepting that nothing is really in your control and you just have to kind of let go and live and do what makes you as happy as you can every day that's definitely what i got got out of that album is just do whatever makes you happy because you're not really in control you can't necessarily just say okay i'm gonna be happy you know and i, th I think mac had a lot of peace and internal happiness um, before he passed. I don't know. I don't know what I'm even saying anymore. I just went down a Mac path for no reason. I was defending my... He's on my Mount Rushmore. Everybody should have their own Mount Rushmore. Everybody should be different. Mac's music spoke to me in a way like nobody else has ever could. Even though I am a J. Cole stan, and I love everything J. Cole does, nobody... 
nobody makes music that will ever speak to me the way that Mac Miller did. Um, his entire discography. There is not a project that I completely dislike. There's not a project I dislike at all, actually. There's projects that I favor over others, but there's no projects I dislike. Mixtapes, albums, and we're talking 15, 16, 17-ish albums. Albums slash mixtapes, you know? We're talking a gang of shit. Two pure instrumental albums to show off his production and musicality. Most of y'all don't know nothing about those albums. The Larry Fisherman tapes? Velveteen Rabbit? You? What do you guys know about these Mac Miller? Delusional Thomas? What do y'all know about these little mixtapes? The mixtapes, the instrumental tapes. What y'all know about that shit? If you don't, you ain't shit. Go check it out. Don't tell me that Mac Miller is not on the fucking... What's it called? That fucking four-faced... I can't even remember what it's called anymore. That four-faced horse shit. He's not on there? He's not in the top four? Go do your research. I'm just joking. I'm sorry I got so confrontational. And then some people would probably argue with Kanye. Just because his albums... Ye wasn't good. You know, Ye wasn't good. That Kid See Ghost wasn't good. I thought Jesus was booty, man. I thought Jesus was booty. What was he doing on there? He was yelling and shit, bruh. Y'all trash. Y'all trash. So you want to tell me Kanye doesn't have like the the Kanye has the best five album run of any artist in history. Who's fucking with it? Who's fucking with college dropout late registration? graduation uh 808s and heartbreaks and my beautiful dark twisted fantasy who's fucking with that bro that's five classics classics who's fucking with that that's the best five all time there's nobody that touches a five album sequence like that and then i don't give a fuck what you say life of pablo Hard. Yeezus, damn near his best album. That's a stretch. Yay? His most uh, self... He was looking inward. It was his most... Um, fuck. His most available. That's not the word I was looking for, though. Vulnerable, vulnerable is the word that I was looking for. Yeah, it was his most vulnerable album. Now, this gospel shit stuff, um, I respect it. I like Jesus is King, honestly. I like the sound of it. Um, the music isn't for me, per se. But the, the the music is for me. The the message might not be. Um, but god damn it. He still knows how to put a melody together. He knows how to put a fucking beat together. He knows how to put a cohesive album together. But it's just not for me. And then he put out that other one on Christmas. Uh, it is what it is. You know. Those aren't for me. I'm gonna miss secular Kanye for sure. Don't get it twisted. Or non-secular. I don't know which is which. I miss Ratchet Kanye. There's no doubt about that. 
But Kanye is an undeniable goat. And if you disagree, you're wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He is at least four. Okay, I'll give you this. At least three undeniable classics. That puts you in that conversation. And in my opinion, and in a lot of people's opinion, he has five in a row of incredible music. Okay? J. Cole, I get sick of the fucking slander. I get sick of the J. Cole or Kendrick. Both, bitch. If you're making great music, I fuck with you. If you have a message behind your music, I fuck with you. If you got bars, I fuck with you. If you can tell me a story, I fuck with you. So what if J. Cole's not as intricate as Kendrick? So what if J. Cole is more simplistic and easy to understand and easy to follow? That doesn't make it any easier to write songs as catchy and as popping and yet still teaching you something as J. Cole. That doesn't mean I don't love Kendrick and love that I can barely even understand everything going on in Kendrick's albums until I look into it and dig into it, you know? There's so many intricacies in the music and the in the references, in the in the samples, in everything. It's there's nothing that's unintentional. That's why these four to me, they've been the most impactful to me. They've been the most listened to by me. And they probably will continue to be both of those things for quite some time. Even though, unfortunately, one of them is no longer with us. And will not be releasing new music like that. The other one isn't releasing music that's my style anymore. But then there's those other two as well. The main two. Who've also birthed another generation of rappers that I fuck with. Like a Reason. Like a J.I.D. Like, like an Ab Soul, like a Schoolboy Q, like an Earth Gang. I am a TDE and Dreamville motherfucker for the rest of my life. I'll be fucking with Top Dog and Dreamville when I'm an old man. The way people be talking about Snoop's label or whatever the fuck old shit is going on. Uh, yeah, fuck with doggy dog. You know what I'm saying? The pound. I don't give a fuck, bruh. Uh, when I'm in OG, you know what I'm saying? When I'm in my old people's home. When I'm in my old people's home. You best know. I'm still gonna be bumping Cole and Kendrick, you know? Because I am who I am. And I will be that person in the end. I think this has gone on long enough, sir. Alright. So that's going to do it, I think, for this episode. Hit me up on Twitter, Topher Stetzel, or on Instagram at Chris Stetzel. 
My last name is S-T-E-T-Z-E-L. Hit me up. Let me know what you thought of the first solo pod. Let us know what you want to hear us review on the after show. Let us know some topics you want to hear us talk about. Like us. Subscribe us. Please tell a friend. We're working hard out here trying to get our voices out there. So please, help us get them out there. Be our megaphone. All right, y'all.